The Tudor History and Travel Show is a podcast that brings Tudor history to life by exploring Tudor places and artefacts in the flesh. You will be travelling through time with Sarah Morris, the Tudor Travel Guide, uncovering the stories behind some of the most amazing Tudor locations and objects in the UK. Because when you visit a Tudor building, it is only time and not space which separates you from the past. And now over to your host, Sarah Morris. Hello, my friends, and welcome to this very special extra episode of the Tudor History and Travel Show. Well, in fact, I've got a couple of extra goodies coming your way over the next few weeks, and this episode is the first of those. Today, I wanted to take a moment to introduce you to a brand new magazine, which is all about Tudor places. And so I wanted to invite onto the show my good friend and fellow blogger, Deb Royal of the Tudor Times, who is the brainchild behind this new magazine, to talk to us today all about it and what we can expect. Well, there's no housekeeping for today, my friends. So with that, I give you Deb Royal. Hello, Deb. Hi, Sarah. It's great to be here. I'm very excited to be sharing sharing the news. Yes, exactly. And we are sharing news today because this is a new project. I know, Deb, you've been working on it for a while. Before we talk about the background, maybe we should just say up front what it is. What are you about to launch and what wonderful things are you about to bring our way? It's a Tudor Places magazine. So everything to do with Tudor Places, the Tudor built environment. Um, it's about exploring Tudor places then and now, people and their stories. So Tudor places, past and present. Oh, we're like two peas in a pod, aren't we, really? <laughs> <laughs> obsessed about Tudor locations and buildings and I know if you're listening to this podcast you will love them too. Um, so what we want to do today Deb I think is to maybe explore you know why we should be interested in Tudor places for a start um, and find out a little bit about your story before we chat about the magazine itself and what people can look forward to and what they can expect and how they can subscribe etc. So as I say, of course, we have this shared passion for Tudor places. Um, we've often visited some of them mm. together and been really nerdy and done all our nerdy, geeky things uh, when we go to visit places. And I know people will have a deep kind of empathy and understanding for the love of Tudor buildings and locations. But maybe you could put in your own words why you think Tudor buildings, Tudor places and locations are important. Why should we care? Sure. I think, I mean, why should we care? I think there's something that is a real connection with places. And I've sort of thought about this quite a bit, you know, whether it's it's places that are 100 years old or a 1,000 years old. There is, there is that deep sense of connection. 
Um, I mean, I've always had a love of English history. And in fact, I mean, I'm from New Zealand. Um, and in fact, one of my big thing was, was to come and visit the places when I was able to, to come and visit the places where the people were, um, where the events happened, being the things that I was trying to imagine, but to come and connect with them. And I think that's definitely the first thing that, that sense, I know you say it, Sarah, that only time separates us when we're in these places. Um, and there's, there's, Definitely that for me, and I'm one of these people. I know some people aren't, but I am. I sort of get a real sense. I'm quite tactile as well. You know, we've talked wanting to want you sort of get to some of these older places and want to actually. I sort of find myself wanting to touch touch the door, touch the wall. You can actually sort of feel the history. Um, in terms of why that's important, I think it, it gives a sense of continuity as well. It, I keep coming back to that connection because we're connecting with people of the past too. Um, and in fact, yesterday I came across the most amazing quote, um, Emma Wells, who's um, an architectural historian and, and specialises in, in church, church buildings, church history. She talked about... Um, buildings of books without words and I thought that was the most powerful quote you know and the more I think about it it's true you know you you they do help you sort of read the history so when you go and visit them it's it's looking at the location there is something about being there and getting a sense of the place um understanding where it is in connection with other places so I think it helps us connect with the past and connect with the people of the past um, and sort of gives us a sense of continuity mm. and because obviously then going forward as well you know you sort of this idea that we're sort of guardians of these these places to hand them on to future generations too mm. and why and why Tudor because I think what I've said applies to a lot of places I think it it is that point with the Tudors that they're, they're far enough away that something that survived for 500 years, there's something special about that, but that's close enough that we we can understand, we can sort of feel like we understand them, we can picture them because we know what they're like from, you know, the Holbein paintings. So they're sort of far enough away to be special and interesting um, but close enough that we can still have some some sort of empathy with them. Oh, it's a really great answer. I mean, you keep using the word connection, and I know I've been doing a lot of listening to the followers of the Tudor Travel Guide, and you know, and I speak from my own personal experience. Uh, it, yeah, I mean, you can love history by reading it in a book, and you can use your imagination. But what is never ending in terms of its surprise for me is how important it is to feel that felt sense of connection you do move I love that quote about buildings Ooh. being uh books without words yeah yes yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean it, yes and there is nothing like creating a felt sense of connection by going and standing in the place and as you say touching things or feeling the energy and there's a I found through talking to people um, who follow the Tudor Travel Guide that actually there's a really profound sense of coming home in that. So it, it's amazing how deep and soulful um, this this need to connect oh, is. Yeah. It's not an intellectual exercise as much as we might enjoy the intellectual <laughs> side of it as well. Um, 
there is something particular and unique about physically um, going to location. And you talking there reminded me of my conversation with Simon Thurley, who very eloquently put it and much better than I could ever do it. But it's, it's as you were saying, it's not just what I've just been talking about, the felt sense of connection, but how you see things in relation to other things, how the mm. geography of the land looks. You can see the way rooms were set out, laid out, and you start to be able to put events and people in context and mm. see why things may have unfolded the way they were or why different places were connected and became important. And it, I find it sort of joins the dots up yes. in my mind a little bit like one of those old puzzle you know those puzzles that join the dots puzzle and and gradually different pieces of the jigsaw start to come together and I feel that I get a much more complete picture and that allows me to connect with the past yes yeah, so- definitely and, and and I think you know you sort of talked about it within the the buildings themselves understanding how they were laid out and how people used them and and what that sort of means, you know, uh, for example, in terms of hierarchy and status and and therefore what people's experience of different um, spaces was, was like um, and what their experience was. And there's been more work done recently, you know, your experience of a castle um, is quite different if you're the lord or the lady um, versus if you're um, a, a knight or um, uh, someone working in the kitchens. And that sort of sounds obvious, but the more you think about that, the more that um, is quite important because it gives you a different perspective on how that building was used and what it meant. I mean, with castles, for example, there's been so much more work done recently that moves away from the idea they were built just for defensive purposes and much more as status. Um, and therefore, when they're built for sort of status and statements of power, actually the whole landscape around the castle becomes important too. Mm. So like somewhere like Kenilworth Castle, actually how you approach it, and it's actually been landscaped, so you approach it in such a way that it's it's impressive from the beginning of your approach. And and when you start to think of the whole landscape like that, you know, I started thinking, well, I wonder what what that was like in Tudor times, you know. And, um, I mean, one of the big examples I always have is, you know, the way Henry VII came to the throne. That's something that I've read about and known about for, for a long, long time. And, you know, that was an amazing achievement, you know, um, winning at Bosworth and then managing to hold on to his throne. When you start to look at the geography and the places of it, to me it becomes an even more stunning achievement. And I know we've spoken recently because I've just been down to South Wales to look at some of those early places associated with Henry VII, you know, Pembroke Castle where he was born. And um, I said... Uh, understanding where he landed at Mill Bay before he then went up to to Bosworth. When you actually go to those places in the 21st century, and it still takes you a long time to get there, (laughs) in your car, for example, actually then realising even more the achievement of, you know, landing and moving across all of Wales and into England, for example. So it helps you understand the events more too, I think, actually understanding the places. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. That is, is so true. So um, I've mentioned the fact that we share clearly because we've just been eulogising about them for the last 10 minutes or so places. But I'm curious to know how your story started. You said you were, you obviously come from New Zealand. Yes, um, yes. Um, how did you get fascinated with 
Tudor history from New Zealand and then in particular Tudor places? Well, it, it's it's a long route. <laughs> no, I've, I've always had a love of history. I can't remember a time when I didn't have a love of history. And I was trying to think about this. And I think, I think my mother and my grandmother in particular. So my grandmother did a master's degree, which back in sort of the 19... 1930s was very unusual um, and I sort of had that connection with her because I, I did a history degree too and um, but I remember going on holiday and there were lots of um, Jean Plady and Georgette Hayer books which I know lots of other people have talked about as sort of being their first taste of history generally and of course Jean Plady wrote a lot about um, the Tudors um, so I was sort of always interested I mean, in fact I did a history and a geography degree so thinking about it I think people and places have obviously always held a fascination for me. Um, I moved to England um, when, uh, once I was working, I moved to England, and that was to come really and experience places, experience all the history that I've read about. Um, and, and I guess I'm in my working life, I've been involved as a development director of, of buildings. So I guess there is something there. Looking back at it, I didn't see the connection, but there's obviously something there. Yeah. And more recently, um, uh, with Melissa Thomas, I set up Tudor Times. So I'm a co-founder of Tudor Times, um, and, which is eight years old this year. And so I've really spent the last eight years sort of immersing myself much more in the Tudor history and the Tudor places and and being able to to travel around and do that and just loving it the more I learned the more I've loved you know it's it's <laughs> growing um and then I have looked at um and have have am doing the a master's in English building history so Emma Wells who I mentioned earlier um it's it's uh, her course through the University of York and I mean I thought I loved Tudor places before but once I started doing this course I mean it just opened up a whole new world to me just a whole new world of um how to look at buildings and 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 that that there was also this whole world of people from architectural historians archaeologists building archaeologists I, I there was so such a rich amount of material on buildings, um, uh, you know, Simon Thurley, who you mentioned, was is sort of one of the uh, the people I've done a lot of reading of. Um, but but sort of realizing the full sort of extent of it just was fantastic. And then just the final thing I'd mention is um, I've started doing some archaeological digs, and I mean, you know. I'm in heaven. <laughs> so Dick Ventures um, back in 2019 started doing um, an archaeological dig at Sudley Castle, looking at, uh, they were looking for um, the remains of a Tudor garden and in particular a temporary palace or banqueting house that they understood was built for Elizabeth I when she visited in 1592 and I got to go along um, because they in fact anyone can you can sign up and they're doing it again this year um, you can sign up and you can do it in person or they do online but they really encourage sort of community participation so I got involved in getting in my hand getting my hands dirty and being there when things were found and, and understanding the process of you know how does this um, piece of material tell us tell us about what happened here 500 years ago you know and that 
was amazing as well. So I guess that really has sort of both of those things have moved my world, really. Yeah, I mean, you have been very deeply immersed in buildings of late. And uh, I'm only slightly envious of your lovely immersion in your degree. <laughs> well, more than slightly envious, actually. But uh, I, I, I was so tempted when I heard you were doing that, but I thought, no, Sarah, step away from the course because you've got far too much. I mean, it, it, it was, I mean, it was, it was part time, but to be fair, it, there was so much to it. There was so much content and the content was incredible, just incredible. So mm. sorry, I don't want to make it worse for you, but. Um, no, 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 no. <laughs> um, but, and um, actually, I just should say, while we're talking about that, um, I'm still working on my dissertation for it, and it's on Catherine Parr's apartments at Hampton Court Palace. Oh, so um, that's another another chance to um, immerse myself in, in all things Tudor buildings, really. Well, I'll definitely have you back for Tudor History in 10, or indeed another complete podcast, because oh, when you get that. to the bottom of all that, because I'm sure there are lots of people out there who'd love to know what you find. So wonderful. Thank you so much for that. So where did the idea then for the magazine come about? How did that emerge? It sort of, it sort of just emerged, really. I mean, I, I, I love magazines. I mean, well, I love books, I mean, as I'm sure most, most of us do. But um, I love books and I love magazines. Um, and I sort of had an idea for a while that, you know, I sort of thought, oh, wouldn't it be great if there was one that was just just on this area and then I think really once I started doing the um, English building history course and seeing the wealth of material just thinking wouldn't it be fantastic to bring that to a, a more general audience you know because the I mean it, the material we do ranges from the very academic to, to quite general and I was thinking I know how much I love this I'm sure there's other people out there that would really love this breadth of information you know um, everything from landscapes to, you know, types of windows, for example. Um, and so I sort of thought about it. And, and then, of course, we had lockdown and the world changed. Um, and I was very aware of how much all the online lectures, you know, there was people were really interested. And, in, you know, Simon Thurley did, was doing the Gresham College lectures, which he does. But um, someone like James Wright, buildings archaeologist, was doing um, online lectures about, you know, um, toilets and castles and um and huge numbers of people were turning up for them and I was thinking oh okay and it just sort of grew as an idea and then I thought about what would be in it and who could contribute and um and realized how much material there is and actually I think that's going to be my challenge to be honest <laughs> it's, restri it's restricting how much you know what we can put in it because there's there's just so you know anything from gardens as I say to castles to shops what did Tudor shops look like what what was a merchant's house you know um what what did what did Cheapside in London look like in in the 16th century you know there's just so many things and so many topics um why were were Tudor houses black and white that's a debate some people say they were some say they weren't if they were black and white why are they black and white just so many questions and things and I thought that a magazine was a good vehicle for that you know um, a good place to um, to give that information to people. Yeah so if you could summarise your kind of mission or aim with Tudor Places <laughs> magazine what would you say? Um, I think it is well we've got I've 
got a strapline which is exploring Tudor places and their stories past and present. And I think it, it is bringing that full understanding of the Tudor world to a more general audience. You know, what did it look like and what can you still go and see today? And I think that's sort of the vision. The other bit that I would bring in is, um, you know, there's a whole sector of people out there that are involved in in um, preserving, conserving Tudor, Tudor places, um, studying them, and, and we're still learning so much about them. There's new artefacts being found, there's new information in the archives that tell us about places. Um, so there's, there's sort of, that's the today bit as well. There's a huge amount of uh, interesting work mm. happening, you know, like um, I, Oxborough Hall is a prime example. They had their underfloor archaeology project and where they, they were doing a project, um, uh, they had to repair the roof and took the opportunity to look in the, under the floorboards in the attics. And the artefacts they found are, are stunning. They're amazing. And some of those are going on display soon at Oxborough Hall. But they tell us so much about what it was like when people were living there. Um, and, if, um, and the people that were living there in the late 16th century were Catholics. And so, therefore, you know, life was pretty difficult. In some ways, they had to be very careful. Um and I guess with the magazine, it's a good chance to to bring today's stories or, or the stories about the places today um, to a wider audience as well. So who who's going to be contributing this magazine? Can you start to give us a, a flavour as if we were, okay. you know, when, when, I'm not going to say if, I'm going to say when yes. we subscribe. No, no, so, okay, so exactly, when people subscribe. So, shall I, maybe a, a bit about the first issue, that will give people Yeah, that, I think that's a great, yeah, so, that will be very illustrative, won't it, of what's to come. Yes, yeah, so um, we've got feature articles, um, so, uh Anne Boleyn's apartments at the Tower of London. We've got a wonderful article by Dr. Alden Gregory, who works for historic royal palaces, because as you know, Sarah, um, Anne Boleyn's apartments are no longer there. There was a huge um, uh, building effort for her coronation. Um, and then, you know, within years, with, with once she was gone, uh, very quickly, they, they went as well. And um, he's done a, an article about that. We've got an article about Henry's um, forts, uh, castles, forts on the south coast that were built as a defence um, in the late 1530s against possible what was thought would be an invasion. Obviously, there wasn't one, but was thought to be an invasion. Um, Emma Wells has done something, uh, a, a really interesting article on Ripon Cathedral and its Tudor connections and, and its connections with the rising of the north. And... Um, Markenfield Hall, which I know that you've been to recently. So um, Lost Palaces, Emma, uh, Elizabeth Norton's done a fabulous article on Oatlands. So obviously the palace where um, Henry VIII and Catherine Howard were married and very little remains of that now. A few sort of a few sort of gateways and little bits of brick wall is all that's left of that palace. Um, and Melita Thomas from Tudor Times has written about Cecily Bonville, who was a great sort of uh, patron of building works um, and uh, her um, manor at Shute Barton, um, work at Astley Church. Um, so bringing, uh, bringing more about her to life. 
Um, and then we've got we've got a regular feature, obviously, which you're doing, which I'm, I'm thrilled about. The first one is about Suffolk. So a trip to Tudor Suffolk. So places that people can go today and see and how they go and do that, you know, where they can stay, where they, what they can eat, what they should look out for in the places they go and visit. And that's a regular feature. So, and we've already planned out, haven't we, Sarah? So you're going all over the country, different places all over the country. You've given me the perfect excuse <laughs> to lay out in my diary lots of trips to all parts of different parts of the country. So, yes, so I've been so far to North Yorkshire. I've been to South Wales. I'm going to go into Derbyshire. So, yes, you've got me going all over the place. How could you? It's oh, I know. A... <laughs> I'm sorry. What a chore. <laughs> um, Brigitte Webster, who many people might know, has... Um, um, has with her husband Tom got this fabulous Tudor manor house in Norfolk, Old Hall. She's doing a column, a regular column about what it's like to live there, what's happening at that time of year. And then there's a section on books, of course, because we all love books, looking at new books that are coming out um, um, around around Tudor places. Quite broadly, though, you know, so if there's a great new book um, by John Goodall on castles, which has a fabulous section on Tudor castles. Um, so, yeah, books, books that are coming out um, in conversation with this, this, the first one, it's with the wonderful Tracy Borman. So she's telling us all about... Um, her role, um, historic royal palaces, but also um, I think what it's like as an author and 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 how places uh, are important and and how she brings that into her work as an author of fiction as well as nonfiction. Um, <clears throat> and Curator's Corner, which is one of my favourites. So as I was just talking about, sort of recent findings, new new artefacts, different little things that people are working on uh, or things that they've found out at the, in the archives that we can share with people. And that's sort of bits and pieces. So that sort of is, a, is an overview. Um, and the idea is to keep that breadth of topic and to address different questions, you know, love to do... Um, an in-depth feature on wall paintings, for example, the amazing wall paintings and um, where people can see them. So sort of bringing in um, different questions and topics as well as uh, around places. Yeah, fantastic. That's wonderful. Oh, my goodness. You've added to my reading list, but this is absolutely so spot on that uh, I'm going to love reading this. So how do we subscribe to this? Right. When is it coming out? Okay, so it's coming out at the end of May. And the more people that subscribe, the better. <laughs> um, obviously, um, you know, it's an independent magazine. So very keen for people. We need subscriptions. Um, first one's uh, coming out at the end of May, the one that I've been talking about. And if you go to TudorPlaces.com, you can subscribe. Um, but also there at TudorPlaces.com, as well as subscribing, you can sign up for the newsletter. Um, and when you do that, you'll get a free downloadable guide um, to places in London with Tudor Connections. And you're also then on my mailing list, so I can tell you about some of the new um, exciting things we've got happening. I can tell you when new issues come out. And I've got some other exciting plans over the next year as well, so I can keep you updated on those. And I'm also on social media, obviously. So Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um, at Tudor Places. At Tudor Places. So people just need to search Tudor Places on the various platforms and they're going to find you there. Exactly. Yeah. 
Well, well, we have got something to look forward to. So thank you so much because I know how much time and effort you've put into this and it can be scary doing something new. So I urge you all out there to get behind this project so that it is an absolutely amazing success. I know you've got people subscribing already and got off to a really good start, but um, let's go and get over to TudorPlaces.com and subscribe. And I can't wait for the first issue. So I just want to say thank you so much, Deb, for coming oh, on, thanks, sharing Sarah. with us this exciting new development, and we will watch this space. And I hope, folks, that Deb is going to come back and talk to us maybe about those apartments belonging to Catherine Parr <laughs> at Hampton Court Palace and maybe some other bits and pieces as the magazine evolves. So thanks so much, Deb. Oh, thank you, Sarah. I'd love to come back. It's been wonderful talking to you. Before we finish the show... Remember, you can support my work via my Patreon programme, where various levels of sponsorship are available, starting at just $1 a month. Check out all the details of how to become a patron in the link included with this podcast. Oh, and don't forget, you can be part of my closed Facebook group, where fellow time travellers like you hang out with me and each other to share some of our favourite things about visiting the UK. From great Tudor places to visit to the best way to take your cream tea in an afternoon. From the latest travel news to the traditional Sunday roast. So don't miss out and you can apply to join by clicking on the link in the description. So now it's back to close the show. So thanks to Deb for dropping by today and telling us all about this new and exciting development. It's really unique and of its kind, I think. So I hope you will support Deb and you will enjoy the magazine, which, as I record this, is going to print. So if it's not out by the time this podcast goes live, then it will be very, very shortly. And if you do want to subscribe, you will find a link in the description below this podcast. Okay, my friends, well, that is all I have to say for this extra special episode of the Tudor History and Travel Show. Stay tuned because I said at the beginning of this show that there is, in fact, another extra special episode coming your way when I'll be meeting Jeff Proudly, who is a composer and musician and has recently launched a brand new piece of music, a whole CD, entirely dedicated to telling the story of Catherine of Aragon in music. So if you are a fan, then you will want to hear all about this. That'll be coming your way very shortly. But until then, my friends, wherever you are in the world, I hope you keep well, and I will see you around the Tudosphere soon. for tuning in to today's episode of the Tudor History and Travel Show. If you've loved the show, please take a moment to subscribe, like and rate this podcast so that we can spread the Tudor love. Until next time, my friends, all that remains for me to say is happy time travelling. <laughs>